it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going right. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, for uh, listener awareness, Dave is trying his darndest to get me to laugh or uh, break character. As you know, I, this is all a persona that I have here. It's. It seems to be like within the last two weeks, I've done like a bit mm-hmm. right as the countdown happens. And then I stick to it like silently while miming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, but I might I might make it a thing. I'm going to I'm going to you, might, you might see my uh, you might see the bits come out at some point. <laughs> if I uh, wouldn't actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes during the intro just for safety at this point. <laughs> I think it's I think it's safest. All right. Now we talk about a lot of things here. Um, we talk about food, talk about games. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is a talk cast. We can talk about anything. How do you feel about NFTs? I want to say NFTs nuts. Um, right. Mr. I mean, NFT. <laughs> they're, they're stupid. Like, uh-huh. So in general, like I understand forms of currency overall as far mm-hmm. as like this is an agreed upon value for a given denomination. And then from that, you base an economy, et cetera, et cetera, right? Yeah. Like everyone's had Econ of, 101. We all buy um, into this. That's what exactly. gives it value. Yeah. Religion. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but like with NFTs, like I, there's not value. Mm-hmm. And like I know NFTs are kind of changing from the form of like initially just a hyperlink to other stuff, or maybe it's still hyperlink. Um. But to my knowledge, you can just replicate it by copying it, taking a screenshot, which is like 101 how I downloaded pictures back in the day. Yeah, that's because you're thinking about it in a concrete way, though. Like the underlying NFT transaction is a reference on a blockchain somewhere saying like, hey, a person, this person bought this for this much money or whatever. And this was the, the thing that they bought and it could be literally so like the comparison i think about is i don't you you're probably familiar with this but you remember like it must still be a thing but i heard about it a long time ago mm-hmm. like but people would adopt stars or like people would buy stars and it's just like that star up there in the sky if you pay a hundred dollars or whatever that's your star <laughs> yeah hey well, as i'm sure you're about to say but i'm gonna steal the proverbial thunder uh-huh. Uh, you can't legally do that. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't. Nobody owns space, um, mm-hmm. so you can't really give that away, right? So it's t- essentially like a snake oil salesman type pitch, where it's like, "Hey, do you want a star named after you? Okay, you can take the same picture of any given star because who the fuck's gonna know and right. give it around to a billion people who've now paid twenty dollars each for it? Cool. Yeah, and that is the fault in our stars, but. that's good (laughs) i was just sitting on that for like a while but um yeah it's exactly it's it's basically the same thing if people have a certificate saying that they own something and it's unique enough it's literally just the pure principle of rarity like if you were to mine diamonds out of the ground and you had a hundred of them and you sold off 99 diamonds. Those would all go for significantly less money than that last diamond where you're like, this is the last of its kind. It's that fear of missing out that lends mm. NFTs any value. Um, but like the thing is like, all right, going back to Diablo two economy, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. There was an agreed upon 
value of like this is the metric of baseline let's call it a, the equivalent of a dollar is mm-hmm. a stone of jordan or a saj ring a given item's value is based on how many sages it was right right and that was an agreed upon thing but later on as like item duplication became a thing and the market got flooded by other things it now costs more for a given item because that item has more rarity than this other item is being duplicated a whole fucking ton right so it feels weird to like buy into a made up economy for something. It's like I'm rummaging around in my pockets. I find some lint. I'm like, now, Jake, this is the only lint that there is. Um, mm-hmm. And I will sell it to you. Right. That it, That is, you know, pretty accurate. I think it's a lot of it's because there's, there's so much money and people just want to spend money in speculation right now. They're like, this will be worth something in the future it's literally just like you just take your trash and you put it out in a garage hell sale and like you're like these are all unique pieces and people buy it that's, that's kind of what nfts are like uh, the one the, the one of my favorites is like new york times wrote an article on nfts and they created an nft referenced it in the article and like this is the nft for this article mm-hmm. and like as of last week or something like that the amount of money that it sold for in cryptocurrency is worth seven hundred plus thousand dollars in cryptocurrency, and like, yeah, right. Like, I, it's all made up, and the points don't matter. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I will definitely say while I was talking about pocket lint, because I'm me, nobody's gonna buy that pocket lint for shit. Yes, but if I was somebody who is super duper famous, I could say. My name is Matt Damon, and this is my pocket lint. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, okay. That's Jason Bourne, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, they can do that. So, like, I know there's been tossed around, like, the discussion of, like, oh, NFTs help smaller artists and stuff as mm-hmm. a reason for it. But yeah. everybody who's, like, you know, seen art, purchased art, heard art said out loud, knows that that to be bullshit for that reason. Yeah. Because if you're just johnny sue on the internet which weird name by the way judging you a little bit right but if you're doing your art and you're not known people aren't gonna ascribe value to your thing just because it's unique right yeah it's it's kind of it's an interesting place to discuss value because it kind of touches in on like the value of copyright like nfts and copyright kind of live in a similar space of like we've decided that you own rights to this to some degree nfts are like even way more vague and non-legally enforceable on anything that they you know profess ownership to but it's in the same sort of space no no you guys can't use that picture i have copyright on that picture be like it's super easy to copy it though and paste it everywhere well, and you're like yeah that's but the I'm thing gonna, you could say, say like don't do that right but you could say oh it's not the same one right like i feel like you could rubber band on that argument if it came into like a claim issue right well i mean like they exist for things like photography if people use there's examples of people who have used um celebrities who have posted their own pictures that were taken by paparazzi and posted somewhere or whatever and then been sued by the paparazzi because they didn't own that photo of themselves but it's more of a concrete um sort of example than something like nfts where there's not that real relationship for i don't I understand the example and I don't want to backpedal, 
but also <laughs> fuck paparazzi. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the whole fair. thing of paparazzi thinking that like, obviously your identity and your privacy is your own. Yeah. So for somebody to abuse that in any way, shape or form should not be illegal and is just shitty behavior. Mm-hmm. So if somebody took a picture of me without my consent um, and then I use that, you can fuck right off. Right. I mean, yeah. So in most states, you would be legally, unfortunately, illegally in the, or illegal to use it if it's under their copyright. Um, but it's, I don't know. There's plenty of examples you can use in that space. Wedding photographer takes a bunch of pictures. There was no prior agreement. Those pictures all belong to the photographer mm-hmm. um, until they're signed over. Things like that. It's, this is not a copyright <laughs> podcast, but like these are all questions around what NFTs purport to represent which is some manner of ownership. It's just, it's so vague and it's just such a sign that there's so much money in tech that people are willing to throw money around for music, for um, art, for pictures on the internet, for video games. And then I leaned in. (laughs) Oh, oh, is that a lean in? Oh. Yeah. Has there been something recent about a video game and an NFT? Oh my gosh, there's actually two. I linked one of them in the notes. But there's a previous one that I also want to I want to call out. But um the one <laughs> this shouldn't surprise. So do people like Konami? <laughs> like <laughs> like they they've done they made a lot of good things, right? Nope. <laughs> no. Okay. That's fair. Um but anyways, they announced the Konami Memorial NFT collection containing 14 Castlevania images consisting of scenes, music, and new visual visual drawings from the series. <laughs> oh, visual drawings? Hot mm-hmm. damn. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to have to listen to those shits. So, it's... it's it, So, just to describe, make sure we're all on the same page for NFTs, like, you'll get probably a download to the actual resource, but the part that's expensive about this is the token that would go to blockchain. And they'll have like either an auction or something like that or an entry for the people who buy it that gets put to blockchain. And there you go. That's your place up on the wall saying that you purchased this product, no matter how many times it gets sent around on the Pirate Bay or whatever. If that's still around, I don't know. Okay, so like what do you as the person who has now for some reason spent money on this, Mm -hmm. what do you get from it? So it's... The, there is the the actual product. I imagine they give you a copy of it. But again, this is just music or a picture or something like that that can be shared across the internet really easy, easily. But then also, and this is the part people are actually spending money for, a notification somewhere on a blockchain saying, hey, user, um, Dave's got a big penis for 2004, um, has purchased this Castlevania scene. Um and you'll be like, sweet, that's a good deal. $200,000. <laughs> okay. Like, are you sold? No. <laughs> okay. I, pro- I probably didn't explain it well. <laughs> well, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't see what anybody would get for it outside of theoretical bragging rights mm-hmm. to say, I have this and you do not. But as anybody who's been a part of a community, I don't give a fuck what, again, I'm going to pick on Johnny Sue here, what mm-hmm. Johnny Sue's doing. You can't have bragging rights over me for something if I don't know who the fuck you are. 
bragging rights works with smaller groups of people, like a group of friends. Mm. Like if I always beat you in Smash with one character, I could hold that over you. And it means something because we play a lot, right? Right. But if I'm telling like a person on the street, like, hey, I beat Jake with a Yoshi all the time, they'll be like, right. what? Like, what does that mean? Exactly. Should like, I call the has police? No, <laughs> it has no meaning or value to them at all. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a little different in this case. Like, people know what Castlevania is. And that's why I think, like, yeah. if they go ahead with this, yeah, someone's going to buy it for a lot of money. The problem is, like, this is very predatory, lowest bar profit generation, essentially. Because you're buying into something that's associated with crypto, which is all harm the planet, waste of energy. Literally, people just make. Where's my PS5, you cunts? Anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, I, I suspect this will be successful. It's just it's not going to get it's not going to garner any goodwill for Konami. And it shouldn't because they're not making a game. <laughs> they're not, you know, having a collector's edition of something or a remaster or anything like that. It's just, here you go. Put your name up on a blockchain. Give us money. Yeah, it's just the latest hype train to literally buy into. Yeah. The other one's Square Enix. So president of Square Enix was like, 2022 will be the year of the NFT. And he acknowledged that, um, well, they were kicking around ideas for it, I guess. Um, He acknowledged that there are people with reservations, I think, is the way he put it towards NFTs, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's like a backhanded sort of way to (laughs) non-believers. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They they haven't been convinced yet. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's how I say to prospential, prospential, Jesus, to prospective. I was going to say I was combining prospective and potential. You guys probably don't even dating opportunities. They haven't seen the light yet. <laughs> look at look it up uh presidential on thumbstone.com <laughs> slash term save made up slash presidential. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's how they're conveying it. It's the same any game that's has some association with NFTs. There was another one that took a step back from NFTs after like an outcry. Can't remember exactly what it was. So good on them. They don't, they're not here on the, the shame list, I guess. They're just not on a, a good list where we'll, we'll mention their name because that's the default. Don't put NFTs in your <laughs> game. Most people are here. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, don't know, I feel like it's a, it's a trap for dumb people. Again, at <laughs> religion. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more so, it's on both parties, right? Obviously, the person who's providing this and trying to get susceptible people to like waste money on a thing, it's also on the person who's being susceptible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it's not something that they're forcing. Um, it's not like pay to win or something else mm-hmm. or like buying save slots. It's very much an opt in thing. Yeah. But again, if you provide somebody something stupid, there will be people who are stupid enough to do it. And that's still on you at the end of the day. Buying an NFT NFT is basically the closest you can come to just donating money to someone without just giving them money. That's the easiest way to quantify it, I can think of. And it's the same for game developers like or anyone in that space. You're just giving them money, essentially. Um, Not that giving people money is wrong, but like... 
maybe allocate it to somewhere more useful. I don't know. Right. And when soup kitchens have NFTs, that's <laughs> that'll be a weird day. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't download soup. <laughs> but I would. Um, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Katie print some soup. Just like, it creates the bowl first and then just the it's it's not so it, like I'm imagining the paste that's used to like create some of these substances or whatever is literally just extruded into the bowl and it's just <laughs> here you go here's your protein soup here's your thirty dollars worth of uh liquid plastic going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe not we're not quite there yet there'll have to be a separate soup canister get on that tech entrepreneurs stop investing money in nfts let us print soup real talk because we haven't talked about food yet um I think I had like a can of like some generic Campbell's like creamy chicken noodle thing. Mm-hmm. And it just it hit a nice spot because it, it's been oh, yeah. it's been cold these past couple of days. Oh, yeah. I was feeling unwell a while back, not recently, and had some uh, I think it was chunky brand Campbell's chunky um, uh, chicken noodle soup. And it's good. It's like a million percent of your daily value of sodium. But it tastes good and it warms you up and it has more important than all of that, all of those positive childhood connotations with chicken noodle soup, which is like it's good for the soul. One, jot that down. Uh, It's not good for your body, but the soul. (laughs) Do you remember putting like a fuck ton of saltines in like chicken noodle soup? Oh, yeah. And now I'm like, I I don't want to touch saltines ever again. And I do. And less tuna salad. Mm-hmm. I might give you a pass. Yeah. I'm kind of a fan of uh, chips and crackers and saltines work for that. I mean, it's it's no Ritz, right? It's not the Ritz of crackers, but <laughs> it still works. Mm. I can't imagine like putting cheese or anything on a saltine being like, this will be the vehicle for this nice thing. Mm-hmm. When the vehicle like has flat tires, right. uh, it's been lived in by like mice for years. <laughs> um, it's rusted out. You may be over presenting the case or for the cheese in this case, because like um, you say nice thing, but it's just like it's like store bought cheddar slices or something like that. Just rip a piece off and put it on. There. So it's about as basic as you get for cheese without going like craft American singles. But oh, I thought when you're talking about the blockchain, you're talking about like a nice block of like uh, smoked Gouda. Yeah. Invest in cheese is basically what we're telling people. I mean, not to go into it too much, but you you can do that. <laughs> like they'll put those giant wheels of cheese in wax, and like it's not going anywhere. <laughs> right? Yeah. Smoke Gouda every day. Yeah, that was a that was a reference. Uh, another thing, Titanfall Two community uh, is creating um, servers for the game, and the community literally like came up with a launcher. And was straight up like, hey, so for awareness, Titanfall 2 still has multiplayer. What? <laughs> they didn't they didn't turn it off. It's just the community was like, hey, let's also set up dedicated servers <laughs> and did some reverse engineering and pulled it off. And that's awesome. More games should do this prior to the servers officially being shut down so that they can tie the community over. Um, but Titanfall's great. So this does World of Warcraft, me. I think, was a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where they want to keep vanilla around they literally in warcraft's case in world of warcraft they had so much interest in community servers that blizzard was like 
you know, we could just make money by giving people old versions of the game. They're like, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and so that doesn't sound like Blizzard to be predatory, though. Oh, yeah. It does, though, unfortunately. Fuck Blizzard and Konami. Yeah, there's there's a fair, fair number on that list. Um, that is really cool, though, that like a community is actually spinning up multiplayer servers like dedicated oh, yeah. like yeah. i don't know if you remember i mean obviously you did play titanfall 2 back in the day have there been other games where like you you wish it stuck around because it just lost dedicated support from the oh yeah publishers? immediate immediate answer um is uh tribes ascent um and so i was talking to I, we've never even mentioned him on the show but arkov uh earlier about it and like the uh is a person on discord and we, we went on this little rant about Tribes Ascent, and um, it's immediately that. Like, Hi-Rez shut it down, and it had all of this competitive and land potential, and it's just this massive absence where there is no modern good implementation of a Tribes game, and there hasn't been a good replacement in that genre at all. The speedy, shooty, open world, go fast. <laughs> the genre. For anybody who missed this era of stuff, this was, I think, a bit after UT, but it mm-hmm. had a lot of things like UT, like uh, hit scan shots, and then like lining things up with like rockets for like slower projectiles. But the whole thing is like you kept momentum if you slid and jumped in certain ways. So yeah. it really had much more diverse gameplay than something like Halo, where you're, like you're on the ground or you have a vehicle, but you're still on the ground. For the most part and it's very weighted in comparison to something like tribes yeah so technically i looked this up and star siege tribes was the first one in the series and it came out in 1998 one year before unreal tournament it just never got as big as unreal tournament because unreal tournament was an arena shooter and tribes was not and the fact that you could ski on the ground and go real fast that was a glitch that wasn't supposed to be in the game they just screwed up how um collision worked and velocity and it was a happy accident that turned into the most noticeable feature about all of the games well that they had that in ut Mm -hmm. it's just it wasn't really exploited too much until like custom maps do you remember bunny hopping right yeah you mean like with rockets or just in general for speed momentum like preservation uh just speed preservation for like grinding on a slope oh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. like they there'd be specific levels or custom games for that and they'd even have like a little tutorial at the beginning for like babies who didn't know what they were doing. Me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like, here's how you do this thing. And I think I got, I made one jump after like an hour. I'm like, I'm not getting it. <laughs> yeah, I think the first tribes had a similar setup where it was like it was input tech in order to actually ski. And then later ones, they're like hold spacebar, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like a lower barrier barrier of entry for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I need to do any tech, let it be accidental and smash. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not giving yourself enough credit there. Dave actually is fairly fairly proficient at teching and smash. I tech brothers. everything, but when I parry, I still make <laughs> audible gasps. Did you Got see it. that? <laughs> Just put the controller down. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Um. Do you have any game like that? Anything from your childhood where you're like, man, I wish that there was still a multiplayer 
community for it or that the community was able to take it over? Uh, looking back, I think the one thing that really stuck out to me, and this is still all around like Miss Blizzard opportunities back in the day, yeah, was Hellgate London. Because mm-hmm. I think I missed the boat on that entirely because I really enjoyed Diablo 2. And then Blizzard North went off to go make Hellgate London. And I was yep. like, oh, it's going to be so cool. And this was like an early idea for a FPS loot and shoot. But I'm like, oh, it's going to be so fun because it's Diablo themed or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it did too great. And I don't think it was online that much. And by the time I got around to having a machine that could run it, it's like, we're dead. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it wouldn't have been a good game. But that's something that I was looking forward to as a youth that I did not get to experience. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's There's been a lot of games I've played where they kind of like they ended early for some reasons or another. And I, one thing I've noticed is that people tend to look back on them fondly. Like, I'm not going to dedicate this entire episode to Star Wars Galaxies. But when it <laughs> launched, um, like it had tons of problems. It also had very novel systems. And the community never had enough time to get super bored with it and just move on to the next game. Instead, SOE, Sony Online Entertainment, changed the system because they were like, we have to make this more accessible. People hated the changes and everyone forever for the next hundred years will have rose-tinted glasses about what Star Wars used to be like. Even though if you really wanted to play, you could go play on a private server right now, which I don't abdicate, obviously, because, you know, legal reasons. But you could, and nobody, like, very few people do by comparison. So I think there's a lot of games like that out there. Who knows if Hellgate London would have been competitive in, like, a modern setting, but you missed your fun for the time. And that that can wrinkle for a long time. Nodding quietly. (laughs) Yeah, it's great for a podcast. (laughs) That's why I said it out loud. Um, I think that was really the only one, though. That's fair. There weren't too many multiplayer games that I grew up with. Like I, I did a shit ton of Gunbound back in the day, but I know that's still around and just probably has more microtransactions because Korean multiplayer game. Right. Um, hmm. I think games tend to stick around for a bit longer now. People find ways to monetize them, you know, microtransactions or battle passes or something like that so it's less valuable to have a game that just launches and then goes away and maintains a multiplayer component like it happens with fps's sometimes but um i don't know you know i don't i'm not one of the people who super enjoyed like the bioshock multiplayer i don't know if i ever really engaged with it i'm glad you said multiplayer i was gonna slap the shit out of you (laughs) yeah i've never played bioshock what are you talking about it's not like we've covered every single one of the games um but uh yeah like multiplayer they could have left it out of the game and have been like great <laughs> smaller install size i'm happy with it um, yeah I, but I like, feel like that was the era where multiplayer just kind of got slapped onto a whole bunch of things mm-hmm. you have an it, fps you have to exactly. have a multiplayer yeah mm-hmm. there shouldn't things just kind of baked in because that was the current hotness mm-hmm. but then it doesn't really get played that much like i feel like Sorry, good. I was gonna say uh, for Far Cry, was it three? 
Which one was one? Far Cry 3? Uh, Far Cry 3 was after Far Cry 2. <laughs> Far Cry 2 was in Africa. Thank you for that yes. one. Far Cry uh, 3 was the uh, the island. No, there's like um, Far Cry 3 well, Primal or something. Yeah. Um, well, that one actually wasn't a numbered. Far Cry Primal is not in the numbered series. But Far Cry 3 is um, the one on the island. With Voss? Where you're building a tattoo with Voss, yeah. Okay. And the spinoff was Blood Dragon. Ooh, Blood Dragon is its own thing. Um, yeah. So I think P- Far Cry Primal... I remember playing the multiplayer of that for a whole 15 minutes because mm-hmm. it took just so long to actually load the game. Like even just running on the Xbox, yeah, it would not really start up. And then when you did, it was like laggy as fuck. Yeah. Which I mean, it shouldn't be if it's a locally running game, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I know they've been including multiplayer, like co-op is the way they went with Far, Far Cry for more recent ones, where it's just like, it's kind of like um, Dead Rising, where they're just like, yeah, there's another Chuck. He's also a reporter. We're not explaining anything. Go for it. Like, it's yeah, the same they, they, they literally just have them like an extra person there. Yeah. I feel like that's the way to zero. do it. Yeah. I feel like if you're doing co-op, it's you can still care about the story, but you don't need to have like character two has like a certain story arc nah, uh-huh. i don't really need it it's another millhouse right <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> i want to, to be able to play this game that i'm enjoying through the story with a friend yeah mm-hmm. so just put another floating cam in there maybe allow me to see my hands and we'll call it a day you know yeah man and I, I wonder if you've ever had a co-op episode we've talked about a bunch of different co-op games potential idea for a future topic is talk about how different games have actually handled co-op because i don't think we've ever really gone into detail on that and i'm immediately just thinking of all of these i like how there's one person who's listening who they're like they really plan a lot of the podcast (laughs) in the podcast right when else are we gonna do it we're busy (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i think um i think overall games usually do a better job of at least maintaining multiplayer now Unless they straight up like crash and bail, biff, whatever the term is, and uh, die in a fire, which happens occasionally, unfortunately. So, so you're but. saying if there'd be a way for a game to essentially make more money without really expending more effort of like multiplayer or a service oh, or something okay. else, right, maybe yeah. in the form of like, I don't minimal know, just effort. as minimal as possible. Yes. Yeah. Maybe if ideally like, just get money. Maybe just like a JPEG at most, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. If only there was a way. Yep. Hmm. 2022, year of the NFT. Thank you, Mr. Squeenix. Oh, NFT would be a great idea. <laughs> yeah. um, in other news, continuing along, I'm just going through my list now because I don't know. I like our rabbit trails, but we use these as just the prompts. Well, this um, is like the week that Jake gets to go over his topics that he's outlined. Uh-huh. Whereas in like previous things, he will outline like 20 items and then we never cover them. And at the end of the episode, he's like, we didn't even touch on, it, touch on any of these. Uh. Delete. Um, but so there is going to be another Mass Effect game, um, which for me personally, I mean, I, I like that. I, I don't think Bioware is as good as they used to be. Uh, most people would agree that Anthem was a bit of a misstep. People weren't super hot on Andromeda for a lot of good reasons. The, the bad face animations were that's where like so many people get caught up on but the game had a bunch of other problems too but an actual continuation of the Mass Effect saga um, and 
<laughs> this is actually the core of the article, which is the least interesting part. Uh, it's being created with Unreal Tournament Engine, or Unreal. Um, instead, why did I say Unreal Tournament Engine? My brain just went back. Because we, we said Unreal Tournament earlier yeah. for FPSs. <laughs> Technically correct, but what am I talking about? Yeah, Unreal Engine uh, instead of Frostbite. And for the astute amongst our listeners, you will Frostbite might sound familiar. It's the engine EA tries to get everyone to use. They were like, use Frostbite for Anthem, use Frostbite for Andromeda, use it for Battlefield, use it for everything. Why? Because then we can have other studios help you with all of your problems. And it's never worked well <laughs> for that. Weird. Yeah. Unreal Engine, as most people know, is pretty, pretty fucking common. Unreal 3 yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Unreal 4, though, is being used, I think, on some next gen. Mm-hmm. And it looks yeah. spiffy. If you played a shooter, there's like a 50% chance it was unreal if it loaded quickly. <laughs> like <Yes>. that's <laughs> that's basically it. If you played a game and you loaded in and then like there was LOD uh, level of detail updates like on all this, like the geometry God. as it loaded in, in the background, it was probably unreal because <laughs> it loads you in so fast. Um, but for a game like Bioshock, for action games, first person or third person shooters. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Doom is an unreal game. So that's all you need. <laughs> I thought it was actually pretty realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shout out to that's AJ in the for. chat. Um, get, my, yeah. get my one dad joke in. Uh-huh. But I know, you don't, I know you're not like a huge fan of Mass Effect. This is setting I, myself up yeah. for T-Ball. I I'm don't give a see. fuck about it. But I am curious to know, because I know there was a lot of issues with the end of Mass Effect 3 initially before they yeah. kind of retconned and patched the ending. Uh, quite literally know? changed yeah. the ending, yeah. Because yeah. I think it went initially from like, hey, do you want good ending, bad ending, or the other one? Yeah, it it wasn't even that. It was comically colors. Like, oh. do you want the red ending, the green ending, or the blue ending? Which Those... is even more egregious. Yeah. Like, yes, they were different outcomes, but there was the same animation of a Mass Effect relay lighting up, and it would be either red, green, or blue, you know, depending on your decisions, I guess. So, Which is weird for a game that's very focused on, like, social interactions of your characters, and yeah. they all have storylines, and they can die type thing. Yeah. Um, so way to, way to make your choices not feel like they matter at all. So I'm curious to see if they actually have learned from that, mm-hmm. and then they will step off on the right foot also with Andromeda being a shit show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause anytime it's a major publisher, if it's EA doing triple I'm like, eh. yeah, I try to get as many E and a sounds in there, but yeah. Oh, I just, okay. I got yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm very wary. Cause I know other people will be yeah. interested in this outside of you. Um, but I don't want to for like other things that have happened, like with cyberpunk, I don't want to see you get your heart broken again. Right. Yeah. I do not have the same level of investment for uh, Mass Effect as I did for Cyberpunk, which is good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, hopefully it's good. It's definitely not a pre-order type situation. It's probably years out at this point, but it's also a wait and see how reviews do. You should do that for all games. Ah, Except Elden Ring. Thank you. Okay. I'm not talking about <laughs> I haven't actually... I don't think I pre-ordered it, um, but that's the one where I was like, I'm going to get yeah. it no matter what. I, I may, and I'm ready to be flogged by our, our audience. Um, I may pre-order Elden Ring just because if I get it on like Green Man Gaming, 
or something, I'll probably get like 20 bucks off retail. I'm going to buy the game. Yeah. It could be a literal virus that destroys my hard drive. I'm still going to buy it. I realize that it sounds stupid to say this right after Cyberpunk, but like, it's not the same. It's it right? No, it's not the same. <laughs> if it is, like, it's past couple of years have already been a little bit rough um <laughs> right you're talking you're yeah. you contextualizing a <laughs> catastrophic release of elden ring with a global there pandemic. was covid and then elden ring man that was a shit show <laughs> yeah no i i am very optimistic about it so i yeah, mean if i'm putting eggs in a basket that's the basket but yeah people actually have fucking played the game which is yeah, definitely right um, more than some others they explicitly, again, to compare, I don't know why I'm trying to compare Elden Ring and Cyberpunk, but they explicitly reduced the amount of time reviewers had access to Cyberpunk prior to its launch compared to Elden Ring, where they're like, yeah, let the player base in. They can play around with a network test. We'll see if their servers will crash on launch day. <laughs> There's a huge difference. So, the audacity. Uh, yes. Uh, let's see anything else on this list uh, stand out as particularly interesting or something I mean we started talking about Mass Effect and we ended talking about Elden Ring and Cyberpunk so like who knows where the next one could go I will say for my brief research because Elden Ring comes out like February 25th ish I'm not gonna be able to correct you I'm trying which to is just weirdly around pass. my mom's birthday so <laughs> I will have to Odd distract gift. myself enough to call her to say happy birthday oh, okay but I thought you're gonna get it for her a week <laughs> she couldn't appreciate that <laughs> so, anyway a week before that i saw that a uh, horizon zero dawn forbidden west yeah or i guess horizon forbidden west will be coming out so yeah. i can't get horizon because i'm not going to beat it in a week and then just context switch there's no fucking yeah. way so forbidden west again might be a we wait a little bit we then mm-hmm. go check it out but probably on PlayStation. That is fair. Yeah. I wonder, I'll have to check to see when its launch cycle is. It is the type of game where I'm going to play it probably with a controller that has amazing PC controls. Mm -hmm. It'll likely be PlayStation. Um, But there's a reality where I would play it on PC. I mean, I would definitely play it on PC if it like came to that. Because I think for most games, it's usually a year-ish. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like I would be fine waiting. It's not a I have to play it the day it comes out type. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to. I mean, upcoming episode, we'll talk about some of the uh, things coming out next year that we're looking forward to for sure. And try not to make it 50 percent talking about Elden Ring again. No promises. It's um, hard. It's real hard. <laughs> um, so we've talked about some controversial studios or studios that have made They've had employees that have done terrible things. There you go. No, no, uh, no painting or glossing over it. Yeah, um, just the employees and management's good. Yes. Management's completely well, they're, they're, they're all employees, right? They all work for somebody, even if the somebody is the board. And who knows what the board does? But I would never make allegations against the board because those are powerful people. But Axios reported uh, that Ubisoft is amid a great exodus of talent. And they cited um, creative direction differences for the people leaving low pay and then going back to some earlier allegations of abuse and covering of abuse that went on last year, not nearly as big as everything that went on with uh, blizzard. Um, I but also want to one... distinguish 
coverage of abuse versus covering of abuse yes yeah this is we're talking about like news articles came out about it last year right um, but the news articles were about people who were covering up abuse yes and exactly. abuse. yeah good clarification um and then just sort of as a heuristic or a litmus test here um, they noted that uh, five out of the 25 people uh, the top people that were uh, listed in the credits for far cry 6 have actually left the company um far cry is obviously really big you know with ubisoft so i thought that this was particularly interesting because this is yet another giant studio that is it seems like there's constantly um controversy or issues going on with like the big studios and i don't mean to comparatively belittle everything that's going on with activision blizzard that is you know that's different than when EA charges you a bunch of money for loot boxes. Like, I'm not going to pretend that it's not, but like, my gosh, the bigger these companies get, the more embroiled in scandal they seem to be. Yeah. I, I think part of it is just a numbers game mm-hmm. where the more people you have, the more likely it is, but it's also the culture that's kind of bred there. Like as a company, I don't think they've, grown as individuals so to speak as far as if you look at the games they keep putting out it's very much the same thing so if you have somebody who's very old school mentality and usually with that comes a degree of sexism yeah typically you're going to be looking for more people (laughs) with that mentality when you hire so like a bad seed sown for like 20 years will grow and Mm -hmm. contribute more to that that's my guess anyway i yeah it could be because their games are shit i don't know Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're just abusive because the games that they make are terrible probably not the correlation (laughs) that's probably it's a bigger company that's much more results driven than people driven. yeah that's fair like they want to make money what's the easiest way to make money uh reskin the same game be shitty Mm -hmm. to your employees Give them crunch. It'll get done anyway. We'll make money. We'll do it again. Do the next one. Right. Yeah, it costs money. It costs time, which is money, to focus on employees, to actually bring awareness to issues, to do trainings. Um, You know, people, I'm sure there's a lot of people with various opinions upon, like, how effective trainings actually are. I suspect sitting in front of a computer and being like, is sexism bad or good? Bad is probably not useful. It's, um, but you can engage with people and be like, here's, you know, some examples of how behavior should be molded in the workplace. And like, hey, we're going to make it safe for people to come forward with things like this. And a lot of that doesn't happen in those old school style, you know, basement dweller um, startup gaming environments like what you're describing where they're just like, yeah, just just burn people out and let them do whatever they want. And then something ships at the end of the day. Yeah, I think it's the second part you said of like offering a safe space. You're like saying like, hey, we're here for you if you need to talk about whatever. Definitely useful more so than a training because every mm-hmm. time I've had a training, I'm like, yep, that's a phishing scam. I know what this is like. It's, <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe it's because like I've just I've been around long enough. You're like, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. Um, but the same way like sexism is bad and don't abuse people you're like, yeah. Yeah, I fucking know. It's obvious, right? right? 
So in the same way, I think people know that it's bad. And I don't think just saying like, hey, do this training and here's some scenarios is really going to help as much as condemning the action. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of time when these things happen, they're like, oh, let's go into like a a PR frenzy and just like sweep everything under the rug, not tell anybody about it, whatever. And then just cover up the mistake as much as possible, which shows like, hey, there's not going to be any consequences for this action. Right. Compared to condemning it and firing people. Um, Yeah. They're like actually setting an example. I think the action does a lot more than just the words of saying, uh, this is bad. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I mean, no one should be surprised by this, but the potential risk and threat of actions taken against the company or news getting out or, you know, stories of abuse or anything like that. Um, the companies react commiserate to how much the risk exists to themselves. Once you become big enough, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if once to, if, if you're positive, if you think there's going to be a positive outcome, you know, for some of the exposure that's been placed on these companies recently, you know, around this space, um, you probably are of the opinion that um, that risk is just grown so high in the industry that people would be like, hey, if you sexually harass people, you're out because we are not going to be, you know, put through the crucible of public opinion once more. Um, and we fired a bunch of people the last time this happened. Absolutely not. Um, so that's what I, that's what I hope it ends up being like. And it's not just the eye of Sauron shifts and people go back to same old, same old and HR covers it up. Um, that's all hopefully in the past, but we'll see, you know, I feel like. Maybe it's just our society in general. And I don't mean to make it like our society. Mm-hmm. society. But I think for a given person or a group of people, it's so easy to just deny or feign ignorance about something. Yeah. And I'm going to throw somebody under the bus uh, for my example here. My downstairs me. neighbor is, okay. <laughs> in my opinion, a piece of shit. Um, they've had like screaming and shouting matches and stuff. Um I can't really go into the details of the topics because I haven't fully heard all of it. Uh-huh. Um, but the other day I went down to say like, hey, I've been hearing like for like literally the past month, almost yeah. every day, like somebody's screaming. Um, Do you know anything about that? Which is the polite way of saying like, hey, here's an out. Right. And they said, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And they immediately went on like the you have to prove that I've done this thing. And uh-huh. I technically had ways to do it. But let's not escalate at this point. <laughs> right. But figure out whether pennsylvania is a two-party or a single-party state right, right? <laughs> well i wasn't going to record without consent for sure um yeah but it's just instead of just saying hey i'm sorry try and keep it down um or just just accepting what it is and then taking the blame it's very easy for somebody and like i've been in situations where i've done that myself i'm sure where you just say no that's not me like you can't you can't physically pin it on me. You don't have the time and energy to do so. Right. How much are you willing to push it? Yeah. And this all correlates back to the uh you're talking about this in context of uh abuse and how companies handle this issue. 
That makes sense. Uh, Pennsylvania is a two-party state, by the way. No, uh, not legal advice. <laughs> so don't record <laughs> your neighbor. <laughs> not admissible. Could get you in trouble. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I hope uh, New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> fewer, fewer incidents of all of this absolutely terrible stuff happening in um 2022 clean it up 2022 ea activision ubisoft anybody who has this stuff going on whether it's come out or or not at this point clean it up i mean it's a new year check back in next year (laughs) it's a new year man everything's being fixed this year we're talking about that's true day one they're just like all right racist get out of here sexist get out of here abusers everybody out Hello? You are 2000. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're a 2021 problem. New meta. <laughs> I, I mean, fingers crossed as always, but uh, mm-hmm. that is fair. Uh, what else we got on the list here? I see a perhaps a prompt about the most played games on Steam. I'm not highlighting anything in text. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, for last year. Uh, do any stand out here for you? Halo Infinite for me, I was surprised by how much it took off. Right. I understand that Halo is a very big franchise, and I'm very much a hateful old man at this point. Right. Um, but the multiplayer was free. Obviously, it's going to drive a lot of interest and get people to check it out. Uh, but from everything that I kind of saw with it, from what a couple hours I played with it, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't get a whole lot out of it so i'm surprised to see that it took off that much compared to a lot of other existing things like apex legends which has been played a metric fuck ton by everybody right yeah there's a there's a lot on this list i'm gonna go through some of them right now and qualify them i think new world so this is breaking 200,000 peak players at some point uh last year new world doesn't surprise me it's an mmo launch i doubt that it's anywhere near its peak now for a lot of reasons. PUBG, it's a Battle Royale game. No explanation. Same with Apex Legends, right? Battle Royale game, it's popular. I'm surprised um, that... I haven't heard about PUBG in a while, at least. Apex, I hear about a lot, as far yeah. as competitive. And then Fortnite's the other one, which, as much as it's memed upon, is fucking huge, still. Yes. Not on Steam, so it can't show up on this list, but uh, it would, if it could. It is one of the biggest games. Full stop, being played. Uh, so, so this one was surprising to me. Cyberpunk 2077. As a brief reminder, this didn't come out la- this year. It came out last year. Maybe um, after all the fixes, people were like, let's give it another shot. That's the working theory, I think, is like after a major patch, a bunch of people dropped in. Because this is 200,000 peak players at a time, right? Like if everybody was taking turns playing Cyberpunk, it wouldn't have really worked here. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point this year, that popped back up, and that one was surprising. Um, CSGO, no surprise. Game as a service, essentially, is going to continue forever. GTA Five. I didn't realize this one was as big as it is. But apparently, people have been playing GTA forever. I know it's been like an existing staple in games since like PlayStation days. But again, yeah. I very much wrote that off as a... It's something that people occasionally like play around with. Not it's active, but it does yeah. have like pretty big multiplayer servers where 
you can have hundreds, thousands of people like in a city just fucking around. Yeah. I've seen clips of people like on from Twitch or something like that. Like they'll play like role playing GTA where people just literally play the, the role of like cops or whatever. And it's just it's crazy. That game came out in 2013. So GTA five GTA five came what? out in 2013. It's been a long time. And my gosh, Rockstar is making a lot of money off of it. That is insane that it has that much I don't want to say population or density. What's the word I want? Stain power. Saturation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty ridiculous. Um, but let's see. What else do we have on the list here? We have a couple of Valheim. So Valheim officially launched in February. But did we not play it last year? Or sorry, last year is 2021 at this point. No, it did. We we played it that year. Uh, that one doesn't surprise me. Valheim was massive. And continues to be really big. At some point, we'll check out the updates. JK, not really. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I see the appeal of having a bunch of people going on to play Survival Crafter. That's finally not Minecraft. Which, right. Minecraft still holds up in my book. Because you can do so much with it on top of, like, with the mods. It's but, the grandfather exactly yeah it's the og yeah but i did enjoy valheim when we played it until, oh, yeah. until we found wasps then <laughs> yeah. the game was no longer fun desert biome and then but you can farm them with a bow and arrow just predictable trajectory they probably got nerfed at some point uh rust is also on the list haven't played rust in several hot minutes um that's jake's term for six years <laughs> yeah several hot minutes i'm an old man what are you gonna say um it was fun i have no idea what the game's like i assume it's completely different at this point i'm sure they've changed a lot i've seen the occasional twitch clip of like some bigger streamers playing with other streamers um so i do think they have added a decent amount of content to it but obviously like if it's being streamed i'm sure that also gets it a lot of a lot of groundswell oh yeah yeah, and the last one, pretty surprising, Dota Two. Not trash surprising game, at all. trash game. <laughs> Not even a pro scene anymore. Uh, Literally just prints money for Valve. They haven't even released NFTs. They don't need to. Um, this game just continues to. They literally have made other games as a joke with the money they made off of Dota Two. <laughs> yes, this is another ticket artifact, but. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and those were those were some of the top most played. Um, there's also some big performers in gross revenue. Valheim shows up again. Again, it took off at a massive time. There wasn't a lot of games that were hot at the moment. People play Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Back for Blood makes the list. Sold really well. Good. I I enjoy that game and I want to play it more often with people. If you're listening, pay me to play. <laughs> you you probably won't, but I still would like to play with you. Yeah. Um, an, an open uh, call to the internet to play with Dave. So <laughs> I guess take that how you well, will. It's, it's like <laughs> the three or four people who I know play, but uh, I don't uh-huh. know if they listen. No, that's fair. 
Um, a lot of the same titles. I'm not going to go too too much over the ones we already know were most played. But Farming Simulator 22 apparently was some of the highest gross revenue, and that's doesn't surprise me really. Those games are terribly expensive with all the DLC. Uh, uh, can I can I make a joke here? Yeah. What the crop? Oh yeah, thank you. That was thank a joke. You. Um, <laughs> additionally, we have uh, so Outriders, which a game we skipped over. We played like the demo, and we're like. Thank you, demo. Demo is trash. Yeah. Real talk. <laughs> it's I, it falls under EA AAA. Yeah, I played it about as much as I could have played the demo. I even did a little bit of farming in the demo for like items and things. Not really necessary, um, but none of it was like this is really the staying power that I want. And I, I kind of got the impression like if I was going to play this game, I would just buy the latest expansion for Destiny instead. Eh. You know, don't do it. You're gonna make five other people then buy the expansion for Destiny, right? I mean, Ian's just waiting. He just twitched. He somewhere. needs an excuse. That's <laughs> it. Um, he literally reposts. I was talking to him about this. He reposts the same picture of Wolverine, like in the bed with the yep. picture of Destiny, every single time. Um, uh, Battlefield 2024. This one was kind of funny because nobody liked this game, from what I've heard. But well, I think at launch the multiplayer i say at launch like it's magically been fixed since but mm-hmm. it's just been super buggy yeah still made a lot of money for him a lot of people still bought it and they're like yeah i'll just not play it till it's good i guess and then age of empires 4 i didn't realize until i was reviewing this list that there was a new age of empires so that's on me but apparently i'm outside of that no because everybody else made this game one of the highest grossing on steam oh so good on them uh i do know some of the background they earned it by like remastering and re-releasing all of these age of empire games and making sure that they worked on modern systems and then they're like great now that we've done all that and we've proven our street cred um let's make a new age of empires game so good on them yeah like blish was doing a starcraft now they're gonna make a starcraft 3 <laughs> right <laughs> no i mean uh my gosh, this would give it a decade, maybe, and they'll they'll have donated all of their money to charity or something, and then they can make StarCraft Three. So, do these statistics make you more interested in checking out any of these games, or is it just kind of life metadata for you? It's kind of just funny, or it's it's not funny. It's interesting from a uh, analysis standpoint. Just be like, oh, like some of these just stood out as what I would expect. Exactly, Forza, yeah, mm-hmm. people buy games. And then there's Naraka Blade Point, which is a Bruce Lee Battle Royale game I've ne- literally it's, never heard of. It's not Bruce Lee. He's a cosmetic yeah. that got added recently into it. Um, That's all it takes, though. It makes it Bruce Lee. But yeah, he, Naraka he Blade Point, space. it screams. This, These are on Steam, right? Yes. Yeah, all of these are Steam it's games. Sc- it screams one of those like Unity engine type games where it's just all japanese characters the description Uh is all japanese and you're like what is this and it's like mixed reviews that's what that screams to me yeah i mean i i i a lot of these i just had no idea what they were beforehand okay the reason i thought it was directly related to bruce lee is because the title in steam Mm -hmm. on the top right starts with bruce lee (laughs) and his iconic uh nunchucks now have joined Naraka Blade Point. <laughs> they changed the description, the base, most prominent description of the game <laughs> to start with Bruce Lee. I mean, that's a pretty good hook. 
And it's a picture of Bruce Lee <laughs> in the game arms. <laughs> yeah. Might as well um, be a brisk commercial. Anybody? Hey, anybody? Yeah. I like brisk. But yeah, it's it's mostly from an information standpoint. The older I get, the more I kind of just like, oh, yeah, the industry's doing this. I wonder why that's the case. You know, like you could go make a blog spot or whatever WordPress blog about what's going on in the gaming industry. No, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's it's too much effort. Why type it when I can just say it? Exactly. This is just speech to speech to text, and we've never completed the phase of actually getting <laughs> it down to text. We need a well, stenographer. I, yeah. can, we, can we put that in the budget? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to be a homeowner. I don't have time for st- stenographer budget. That's going to be crazy. I'm going to oh, leave it. There. Oh, is that That's something? We, okay. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one one hour mark. Yeah. Um, but no, I uh, I think that's about it for news. I think we've covered everything in the world. We did. And also, I'm getting my Alexa reminder to drink water, which I will ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a reminder to our listeners to drink water. And Dave is lifting up his arm. He's wearing a shirt that says, stay hydrated. It's a skeleton with a water bottle. It's pretty good. Checks out. Uh, yeah, drink water. If you have advice that you'd like to send to us about uh, what techniques for most efficiently drinking water, you can send that in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the water-based fan club on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a moist evening. <laughs> <laughs>